This is the Commission Church Online. Welcome to our podcast. We want to be a church who brings heaven on earth through the word of God and the love of Christ. I pray this week's message blesses you. I want you to turn your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 6. Uh, I know that uh, we've, we've kind of gone ahead of our, uh, of, of our allotted time that we usually do, but sometimes we're led by the Spirit to spend more time in prayer. And that's what we did today. We don't apologize for that. For those of y'all who don't know how we do church, we don't have a set schedule. We have an outline, but we allow the Holy Spirit to change that. Uh, and today was a beautiful example of that in allowing the Holy Spirit to move in a very special way. And I believe that God moved in a powerful way. Uh, in Matthew 6, uh, we're, we're, moving, we're moving on with our study. Uh, and today we're going to verse number 5. Now I'm going to skip uh, verse 1 to 4. Uh, because we're going to catch up with that in two weeks' time, where, we're gonna, where I'm going to be doing a message that is going to tie into another topic later on in chapter number six and chapter number eight as well. Uh, but in, uh, it's not next week, but the week after that, we do what's called six and six, where uh, we, we, we're training people within our church to, to, to be witnesses of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So not only am I going to be preaching from stage, but I believe that we're equipping saints, we're equipping uh, people that you guys out there to be able to take on duties of witnessing and, and spreading the gospel. And, 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 a, and a way in which we do that is we do six and six, where we have six different speakers speaking from six uh, speaking for six different like six minutes each uh, from Matthew chapter 7 so Matthew 7 would be your chapter to come and speak so we've picked uh, six speakers and they will be bringing the word to us two weeks from now so you want to be here uh, for that Sunday but it's a Sunday after that that I will come and I will preach from Matthew 1 to, uh, Matthew 6 1 to 4 but I want to I want to go to verse number five uh, and for those of y'all joining us for the first time we study the word chapter by chapter, uh, book by book, and right now we're in Matthew 6. Uh, so we pick up at verse number 4. The Bible says this, and when you pray, someone say when. When you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Now, a parallel study of the Lord's Prayer is found in Luke chapter number uh, uh, 9, I believe, is where we study, or sorry, Luke chapter number 11, where we study Luke's account of the Lord's Prayer. And not very different by any means, uh, maybe a shorter version of what's uh, explained here in Matthew 6, but, but I believe that it is the same message, but it gives a little more of a backdrop for those of y'all who have the Bible app. The notes are hosted on the Bible app, so you can scan that code, and it should pull up all the notes, and you can add your notes to that. Uh, in Matthew 6 and in Luke chapter number 11, Jesus is actually talking to his disciples, uh, he's having a conversation with his disciples and he was praying and as soon as he was done praying, the Bible says when he was finished in Luke chapter 11, one of his disciples came up to him and said, Lord, teach us how to pray. They said, just like John taught his disciples how to pray, would you please teach us how to pray? Now, Jesus was teaching his disciples. Uh, he was praying with his disciples. The disciples probably observed how Jesus prayed to the Father. My kids always observe how I pray, how my wife prays, 
you would probably observe how your kids watch you pray. If your kids don't pray, it's probably because you don't pray. It's important. Disciples always observed how Jesus prayed to the Father. And they connected, they started connecting the dots that prayer is somehow connected to power. They realized that if they can learn how to pray, maybe they can walk in the same power that Jesus walks in. I want to remind you that it's the truth. If you can learn how to pray, and if you can learn the essence of prayer and the power of prayer, you would understand that prayer contains power. Prayer comes, with prayer comes authority. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus was actually talking to them about the difference of power and authority. He says, for you've been given authority to trample over snakes and scorpions and over every power of the enemy. Remember, the enemy has power, but what God has given you is one up, is, is authority to trample on every power of the enemy. But remember, with authority comes power. God has given you and I the power. And that power is derived in the portals of prayer. In those closets of prayer, when nobody is watching. And the disciples would watch Jesus just withdrawing and going away to different places. And the disciples are asking Jesus, man, you remember when, 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 when they come up to him and say, Jesus, like, what, what went wrong? Like, what, what, this, we, we try to cast this demon out. It wasn't leaving. Like, what went wrong? And Jesus looks at them and says, this kind only comes out with what? Fasting and prayer. There's power needed in prayer. You and I are required and are expected to walk in authority when we pray. In Matthew chapter 14 and verse 23, the Bible says this, and after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. In Mark chapter 6 and verse 46, and after he had taken leave of them, he went up to the mountain to pray. You see that? After every public ministry that he did, he just didn't rest and say, I'm done, I'm good. I've done my work. I preached the best sermon of my life. No, the Bible says he withdrew and he prayed. He gave glory to God for the people that he fed, for the lives that were changed. Come on, am I talking to somebody? He gave glory to his father. Luke chapter 6 and verse 12. In these days, he went out to the mountain to pray, and all night he continued in prayer to God. Mark 1.35, and rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Luke 5.16, but he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. It's E.M. Bounds that says this, public prayers are of little value unless they are founded on or followed up by private praying. People that are in public limelight can do all that they want, all the dances they want, all the sermons they want to preach, the, the songs they want to sing, all of that is great and dandy, but if it is not followed up with prayer, if it is not preceded by prayer, that stuff is null and void and without power. I can, I can preach a convicting message that could be uh, either tingle your ears, it could, it could stir something within you, it could evoke some emotions within you, but it wouldn't do a work inside of you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday if I have not spent time in the presence of God in prayer. And I understand that year after year as I progress in my ministry, I understand how powerful prayer needs to be in my life. And unless and until I pray, I will not stand. Some of us need to understand that. Unless and until we are bound to our knees, we cannot stand on our feet. 
Tough times will reveal that to you. Massive crowds. He sees massive crowds and what does Jesus do? Jesus leaves. What? Like Jesus, this is your opportunity. Like this is your, your stage. Like do something right now. Show wonders, signs and miracles. No, but the Bible says Jesus leaves. Why? Because Jesus knows that he can't care for the broken if he hasn't spent time in prayer. You cannot heal the brokenhearted if you are not broken in the presence of God. You cannot tend for your family, mothers and fathers. You cannot make decisions that you're supposed to make in the right way and operate in wisdom and understanding if you don't get into the presence of God and ask for wisdom and understanding. It doesn't come automatically. It's important to be, to be cultured in prayer. It's important to be organized in prayer. Ian Bounds goes on to say in his book, Power Through Prayer, a prepared heart is much better than a prepared sermon. Because a prepared heart will make a prepared sermon. I take time. I take time to prepare my messages because I know that what I'm doing on a Sunday morning has eternal significance. Don't get me wrong. I believe that messages and sermons should be prepared. And I script them and I take notes. And, and if you look at my pages, I have 17 pages. And some of you are like, oh my gosh, we need to go have lunch. But trust me, <laughs> I've made some progress. Trust me. But unless and until I can bring that to the presence of God and say, God, Holy Spirit, would you lead me? Would you guide me? Would you convict? Would you do your work? May these words make an effect, an impact on people's life, man. But so many of us find it so difficult to pray. Why is it so difficult to pray? You know why? Pray, simply put this, prayer is difficult because it's spiritual warfare. That's simply how it is. So many of us don't like to pray because every time you pray, man, you get attacked. Oh, pastor, you know, I'm okay not praying because I don't have to deal with that devil. I don't have to deal with his mother-in-law. You know, it's just easier not to pray. Come on, so, am I talking to somebody? If I'm not praying, you know, nothing's coming against me. Everything's, that's how it's supposed to work. See, if, if, you're, if, you're, if you're praying, that means you're praying against the will of the enemy. Am I talking? You're praying for the will of God and everything you pray for is in direct conflict with what the enemy wants in your life. It's either or. It's not and, and. You can't pray and want the will of, and, and be okay with the enemy. So it's, it's either this. It's a, hey, if I am praying, I can expect the enemy to come against me. The only other possibility is the enemy is walking hand in hand with you. You're swinging along and you're like singing you can be rest assured that you will not have any attack from the enemy, but that's not the kingdom way. The Bible says Jesus prayed. He says when you pray, not if you pray. Come on, someone, someone needs to say amen to that. Not if you pray, it's when you pray. So it's an understood thing that you should pray. Some of us feel we're not equipped to pray. We're weak. We're not there as yet, Pastor. We're just still learning. No, that's where 2 Corinthians 12 and 10 comes in. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You don't need to be equipped. You don't need to be strong to pray. It's in your nothingness. It's in your, in your, in, in your darkness, in your inabilities that God says, I can shine my light even more. Paul asks God, he says, Lord, remove the thorn. And God responds and he looks at him and says, my grace is sufficient for you. 
The presence of the thorn should not give you reason not to pray. It shouldn't give you reason not to draw closer to God. God says even in your thorny moments, even in your painful moments, even in your negative moments, I am still God. My grace is sufficient for you. In your good times pray, in your bad times pray. When you're worried, pray because worry actually leads a person to pray. Yes or no? Yeah? That's why a lot of, lot of y'all, God says, you need to worry a lot more. Some of y'all are worried that you worry too much and God's like, I, I, I intentionally made that happen. Because unless you worry, you don't come into my presence in prayer. But as you pray, have you noticed you worry less? You fear less because that's what the Bible says. As you pray more, you sin less? Come on. Sin is a prayer killer and prayer is a sin killer. Oh, I, anybody needs coffee? We could bring some in. <laughs> I heard two yeses. I don't know about the rest of y'all, but I'm going to say that again because that's worthy of writing down, okay? So go ahead and write this down. Sin is a prayer killer and prayer is a sin killer. If you're struggling with sin in your life, pray. Get into the presence of God. Get on your knees. Go through the moments of prayer where you can ask the Holy Spirit to move. I got to go on. We're on page. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> verse 7. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask them. Whew. I, want to, I, want to, I want to start with saying this. this it, just because your Father knows what you need, it doesn't remove our need to pray for those needs. See, he's not a father who needs to be persuaded to take care of his children. We acknowledge his existence and his provision by going to him and saying, Lord, thank you. We are in gratitude. Give us today our daily bread. Come on, somebody. Am I talking to somebody? Like, he doesn't need that, but we acknowledge that because we tell ourselves it's not because of us. And Jesus says it's not constant repeat, repetitious prayers. Those prayers that you prayed from the seventh grade, how many of y'all still pray those prayers? Come on. You pray that at family prayer, you're praying that in your own family prayer with your own kids now, come on. And it sounds very much like your, your kids are praying exactly like you. And the disciples come up to Jesus and are like, Lord, we're tired of all these old prayers that we've been praying. These prayers that we've been taught, these traditional, like teach us how to pray. I want to get, that into, get, that, get into that in a second, but man, we're, I call those cute prayers. I'm tired of cute prayers. I talked about this on Wednesday. If you're a person that prays cute prayers, I need you to be challenged today. Like, like today, but pastor, that's, that's all I know. No, no, no. Today, be challenged to change your cute prayers into authoritative, powerful prayers. Prayers that can change, prayers that can move, prayers that can transform your understanding and your thinking, prayers that can change you from where you are to where God wants you to be. Cute prayers are prayers that kids pray. Cute prayer is what my four-year-old prays. When I take her to school in the morning, she has one prayer she prays. She doesn't deviate from that. Not one word there, not one word here. Watch it. If you have a doubt, watch, watch, watch what I'm talking about. I hope you have a good day at school. You want to pray? Yeah. I pray. Amen. I don't film her every day. I, try, I just did it for the sake of this message. But she knows a prayer. She has a prayer before a meal. 
She has a prayer before she goes to sleep. She doesn't mix any of these prayers. She actually caught herself praying for her grandfather and grandmother while eating a spaghetti. And she's like, no, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. And then she started praying. It's like, no, not that prayer. This prayer. Cute prayers are those three, four prayers that we have and we know when to pray those prayers. She's like, no, I don't want cute prayers, y'all. I need prayers that are conversations motivated by who I am and your understanding of my character. Like, have you understood who I am and are you having a conversation with me day after day? There's so much I need to cover, but if I need to break this up, I will. But I want us to understand this. Like, prayer is important and prayer is powerful. And they come up to Jesus and say, teach us how to pray. Say, now, now here's the thing. I want to I kind of clarify this. I don't, I don't want this to sound heretical by any means. This is not heresy, but it, it's hard for us to understand this as the Lord's prayer because many people think that this is a prayer that he would have prayed day after day. But this really can be a prayer because in it is, uh, in it is these words where he says, man, uh, forgive us of our sins. Uh, and, and Jesus had no sins to be forgiven. So it's not really a prayer that Jesus prayed, but it was a template that he offered. Am I talking to somebody? It was kind of like a template that he said, hey, pray like this. Okay, now you have two schools of thought. You're like, there, there's some churches that, that will tell you, the traditional ones that will tell you, we got to pray this every week. And then you have the charismatics that say, oh, we don't pray that at all. How could you pray that? Now, I, I think there could be a balance between the two. Am I talking to somebody? It's not like, let's throw this out of the water. No, no, let's throw this out. No, no, no. It's we can pray the Lord's Prayer. I'm not, we're not admonishing anybody that praying the Lord's Prayer. But Jesus offers it as a template. I got, I got, we got to understand that. But it has to be more than that. This prayer was never meant to be a ritualistic or, or, or prayer. It was this, or, or, or something that was uh, meant for regular recital. But rather a guide for praying in this way or after this manner is what Jesus is trying to say. And in this prayer, he divides it into two. The first three things are he gives glory to God. And the second three things he gives, he talks about the need of man. And he says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. See, the Lord's prayer begins with the acknowledgement of the greatness of God. Let your prayer time begin with awe. Let your prayer time begin with wonder. Let your prayer time be captivated with the character of God. If you can take a few minutes, if you don't know what to pray about, sit and just think about the character of God, the omniscience of God, the omnipotence of God. He is all-powerful. He is almighty. He is all-knowing. The things about God that makes him who he is. These are things that are attributes that are unchanging. These are these attributes that you cannot Take away from who God is. So he says, our father. And, and if you note, he doesn't say my father. He shares that honor with us. It's in the plural. He's addressing God as Abba, father, dearest father. And it's not just an indication of spiritual health, but it's this mark of authenticity in our faith. And this would be heresy back in that day because all of them were sons of Abraham. And Jesus was introducing this idea of I'm not the only son of God, but I want each one of us to understand and our prayer time will change when you understand that you are approaching the Holy of Holies and saying, God, Father, Abba, Papa. In Galatians 4, 6, the Bible says, because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. Oof. It talks about access, who art in heaven, the greatness of God. 
When you acknowledge that God is in heaven, you acknowledge his omniscience, you acknowledge his omnipotence, and not just that, you understand that there's a fine line that separates divinity from humanity. And that's a line that you don't want to mess with. Because there are people that approach it in two different ways. One is they look at God as someone that you're unworthy of even approaching or talking to. Lord, I'm unworthy of coming to your presence. I'm a worm, Lord. I, I just don't want to be anywhere in you. I don't have a say. I don't have a voice, God. Please. And there's others that just approach with so much of confidence. And they're like screaming at God the whole time. And I'm like, bro, like calm down. <laughs> you said. No, I was like, would you go and talk to your dad that way? Like sometimes reverence is important in prayer. Like, like it's important for us to understand what hallowed be thy name means. It means set apart. It means honored. I'm not going to talk to you the way I talk to everybody else. Let's restore respect and honor to the presence of God. Can I say something? When our clothes got casual, so did our attitude in prayer get casual. Ooh. I got a, like three amens and everybody was like. <laughs> Can we have a family meeting? It's important to come on time. It's important to come early. Like my pastor would always say, if you're not early, you're not on time. Like come into the presence of God and pray for some time. Like come and just spend time in prayer, preparing your hearts, detaching from everything else. We're just having family meeting. You love me, right? Let's go. Arrive on time. Spend time in the presence of God. Some of you are like, oh, the music is too loud. We have earplugs at the back. Just <laughs> plug them in. We've lost the reverence for God, man. When we're worshiping, have the attitude of worship. I understand for health reasons, if you need to sit down, you can sit down, but be worshipful while you sit down. While you stand up, don't cross your arms and stand up and worship. No, like be in an attitude of worship. There are different, oh, what was that biblical? It's very biblical. I don't want to go down. This message is not about worship, so let's not go there. Like, I want us to get rid of the, hey, 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 what's up, Pops culture with Jesus. Like, that's not what Jesus wants. He wants to be your father, but it's a respectful relationship of honor. Like, you can't take the Lord's name in vain. Like, hallowed be your name. You can't dishonor God by using his name in vain. Like, Christians and believers not need to stop that. The alternative words that you use for Jesus, quit, stop. I don't care what part of the language it's a, like. We need to stop doing that. Like the word Jesus does not belong in the Christian's mouth. I'm sorry if I'm stepping on some toes, but this is important. You know how, how else we dishonor God's, God's name? When we, believers who say, God told me, when he actually didn't. Anybody? Anybody been there on the receiving end of that? Anybody said that before? It's, it seems relatively harmless, but the truth is using that phrase carelessly could cause more harm than good. Hmm. And when th things turn for the worse and they don't turn out the way you expected, you can be left confused and discouraged because God told you. Why didn't God come through for me? And sometimes it's the you want to hear God told me to, to back up your own preferences. Like, after all, it's pretty hard to come back to someone who uses that 
as a get-out card, right? Like, God told me not to show up for prayer today, Pastor. Oh, well, then. Okay. I don't know how to come back. Like, like if God told you, maybe it's true. Because your God definitely told you not to come to prayer. Or when God told you to quit your job, or when God told you to change your, your major, or God told you to move ministries, or, or whatever the case may be, well, well, the conversation dies there and then, and sometimes we're, we're projecting our own feelings and thoughts on God instead of dying to them. Sometimes it's important not to just blame God for all your feelings and your thoughts and your emotions, but get Go into the presence of God. Like if you believe that you're being led by the Holy Spirit in a specific way, my advice to you is threefold. Pray about it. Just don't say, I, feel, I, I just feel like God is telling me. Like have you prayed about it? Have you prayed and said, God, is this really you telling me to do this? Does the word of God object? Like find relevant scripture to stand on. Don't just say anything and come up with anything you want. Like third thing is seek counsel. The Bible says where there is no counsel, the people fall, but in, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. There are people that would come up to me and say, Pastor, I think my season at this church is done, or I think my, my season at my work is done, and I've, I ask them, have you prayed about it? Have you sought God's voice? Have you read the word? Have you spent time fasting and seeking God's face? And if you've checked out all the boxes, and if you've taken some time to counsel with me and talk to me, but some of them want to just stop with God told me, and I think that settles it. And that's some dangerous waters to walk on. Christian believer, that is a dangerous territory to walk on. My question to some of us is, do you know that hallowed name? Is it just a name that you use, or do you know the nature of the character that's associated with that name? He goes on to say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's basically saying, I got to just, just simplify this as much as possible. It's saying, Lord, your will, like what, what do you want your kingdom to look like on earth? We want that to come. It's not come as yet. It's not what, it's, what, what, what it should look like, Lord. That should be a prayer day after day is, Lord, let your kingdom come on earth. We want a, a replica of heaven on earth, Lord. We want to see your kingdom on earth. We want to see signs and wonders and miracles. We want to see your grace and your power and your might on earth as it is in heaven. We want to see that will come into being. And in verse 11, he says, give us this day our daily bread. Pray for daily provision. Like bread was essential in that day. They didn't have no keto diet. They didn't have no Atkins. That's from the devil. Am I talking to somebody? The Bible says the fat is the Lord's. Ooh, I love having fun in the presence of God. See, that's a good example of skewing the word of God. Please don't do that. That was just a joke. Satan tells Jesus, turn the stone into bread. Man, the Jews, the people back in the day had a weakness for bread, just like I have a weakness for bread. And Jews ate it with every meal. It was a part and a parcel of the every, we need to ask God to provide for our every need. Like it's scriptural. Can I talk for, this is not prosperity gospel. This is biblical. It is the gospel in itself. He wants us to ask and request for things. James 4.2 actually says, you have not because you ask not. Like, have you gone to the Lord with your need? Nothing is too small or insignificant with God. 
Like we do that as earthly parents when our kids come up to us and ask us, ask us to help them out with some stuff or give them, some, like, like even Jesus says, that, would you give them a scorpion? Like you as an earthly parent would want to give that which was asked of you. How much more will your heavenly father take glory in providing for your every need? See, God will provide your needs, not your greeds. I want, I want to differentiate. The want is there. That's good. There's, there's a place for wants. There's a place for, there's a, there's a place for needs. But, uh, but, but God looks at you and says, sometimes you, you, we don't need to pray about that. See, we, we got to think about this ask. If, if it's everything is like a declare, we're going to declare Lamborghini in my front, you like my driveway. As soon as I get up, wake up in the morning, God's like, no, let's, let's, let's pray about that one. Let's, 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 let's go into fast. No. Are we in the will of God? You can't be a lazy bum and expect God to provide for your every need. If you can work, work. If you can take, get a job, get a job. If you can keep a job, please keep a job. Like, don't find reasons to get out of that job that God gave you in the first place. Lord, Lord I don't have a job. Like, I gave you three. You couldn't keep one of them. I got to keep going. <laughs> See, many of us built a theology around a God that comes through in the last moment. When all else fails, pray. Anybody hear that before? I, I, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. Prayer is not an exit door, it's an access door. Prayer is the door that you walk in through confidently knowing that your God will provide for your every need. I walk through those doors with my head held high and even in my nothingness, I know that when I pray and when I ask, my God will provide for my needs. Let your children understand that. That's why we pray before our meals. I know you paid for it with your own money and your own hard work, but we teach our children to pray for their meals because you recognize that even if that money belongs to you and you worked hard, it was still God's provision. And we say, thank you, Jesus. That's why God blessed the bread and then he broke it. And verse 12, forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. You know, this can be translated better by saying, forgive us our sins. Because we all have sinned, y'all. Forgive those who have sinned against us, Lord. The prayers that we pray every single day. Forgive us our debts doesn't mean that you run up your credit card and then you pray and you're like, Lord, just... <laughs> That's not what the Bible's talking about. It's talking about your sins. Mm. Our culture esteems vengeance or payback. Get even is what the culture says, and God's like, no. The kingdom, the opposite is true. We talked about all this, so I'm going to go right through this. Verse 13, and lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. Or lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. See, asking God to guide us so we won't get out of his perfect will and unnecessarily, unnecessarily place sin in the way. Like, like, we have to ask God, God, like, like, you know that verse that says God would not give me more than I can handle? Like, people, like, look at you and say, you're going through a hard time. Like, that's this verse. Like, he's talking about temptation. 
Not talking about all the weight of the world on your shoulders. He's talking about, hey, God's not going to give you more temptation than you can handle. See, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13 talks about this. No temptation is overtaking you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with that temptation, he will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Or in other words, God will not give you more than you can handle. I'm telling you, it's easy. Man, it's e temptation is easy to come by. It's easy to say, man, I would never do that. Like, that's, like, that's not me. See, well, here's the thing. If anybody knows fishing, the devil's not going to give you bait that you're always going to fall to. Like every fish needs a different bait. Sometimes the devil knows that you won't fall for that, but he'll know, he knows that you can fall for something else. And you look at another one come dangling and you're like, ooh. Worship team, you guys can get ready to come up. Ooh. When you're faced with temptations, pray. Praying is important, church. Pray about things that specifically are really a gray area to you. Like things that you don't know. Like, Lord, how, it's not about, don't pray about stuff that you already know that you shouldn't do. It's like, Lord, should I, should I go out, get drunk today and just like go? No, don't pray about stuff like that. Like, don't pray about cheating on your wife. God will never say yes to that. Don't pray about, you know, dumb stuff. Like, because God's like, dude, I, you know what my will on that particular thing is. Some things you don't have to pray about because his will is evident on those things. Like, sometimes you got to ask yourself, how would it look if another Christian did that? How would you judge them? Look at your own hearts. Verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Ooh, I pray that you would not pray that unless you're obedient to the effects of that prayer, y'all. Because for a lot of us, we have our desire and we just want God to sign off on it. God's like, that's not my will. Like, are you approaching prayer and saying, God, I want your will to be done even though this is my desire. Like, go into prayer like that. Be careful not to forge God's signature on a decision or action that you've already made. Like so many of us are culprits when it comes to that. Like I'm guilty of that. I'm like, yeah, God told me so. Like, I, yeah, yeah, that's God, God. All, that's all God. God told me to do this. God told me to do that. God's signature is on this. And God's like, I had nothing to do with that. Like I had zero role to play in that decision of yours. But going into the presence of God, look what Jesus did. Jesus walking up to the cross, he looks at God and says, Lord, I am suffering, I'm in pain, I don't know why I'm going through what I'm going through, Lord, take this cup of suffering away from me, but, whoo, but, not my will, not my desire, not what I want of this, but your will be done, Lord. Would you stand up to your feet, church? The Lord's Prayer starts with the Father and it ends with the Kingdom. It's all about the Kingdom. See, prayer is not just about your needs to be reached out, but for your relationship with the one true God to prosper. In Jeremiah 33, 3, the Bible says, Call unto me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. 
Your prayers are not supposed to be great and mighty. His answers are great and mighty. Your prayers can be ordinary. Your prayers can be subtle. Your prayers doesn't need to be fancy because a lot of people don't pray because they don't have the verbiage. They don't have the fancy language. They don't, they cannot, you know, articulate the way other people, and you often pray directed by how other people pray. And that's what Jesus is saying. That's not what I want you to do. Don't pray because you're forced to. Don't pray because someone's looking at you. There's a group of us boys that were growing up in the ministry together and we would pray and we would play too, but we would play more than we would pray. And I remember while, while fast prayers was going, we would be in our small groups and somehow or the other, we were young and we would find time to play in times when we were supposed to pray and we would, we would, we would remember when we heard our pastor coming down the hallway, we would all start praying all of a sudden and just to make it seem like we were praying all the while. Your prayers don't have to be great and mighty. Your answers, the answers that God gives you. That's what he says. Call unto me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and unsearchable things that you don't know. That's why you pray, because you don't know. Can I, can I remind somebody? I said this on Wednesday while I was preparing for this message. I'm going to say it again. Some of us need to be okay. We need to relinquish our need to understand the plans of God. You know, when the Bible says for he's... The, the, the Prince of Peace, the peace that passeth all understanding, that's what it means. Like if you want the peace of God, you got to be okay with not understanding every little detail of what's going on in your life. You got to be okay with relinquishing that, giving it up and saying, God, I submit, I surrender my need to understand this which is going on. If you're anxious, pray. How do you pray if you're anxious? Pray Psalms 23. Even though I walk through the valley, the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. That's how you pray. Pray God's word over your life. Because that's not what, anybody anxious? Did you get anxious in this place? Can I see your hands? I get anxious in this place. Anybody? A little bit? A lot? Okay. Declare Second Timothy over your life where it says, for God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power and sound might. Come on, mind, this, this is important. In Isaiah 53 and 5, when we need healing, pray the word that he was wounded for our transgression. By his stripes I am healed. I receive that healing. Pray that, declare that over your life. When you're in need, declare Philippians 4.19 over your life and say he will supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. Today, some of us need to just surrender and say, God, I need to learn how to pray. Some of us need to give in to prayer, y'all. We need to make prayer a discipline. I could go on and on and on about prayer and we could do a multi-series about prayer and we'll do it at some point in time. But today, I need us to be convinced that prayer is powerful, prayer is needed, prayer changes things. I'm gonna ask the the prayer partners to come up. I'm going to ask Marilyn and Jerry to come up. Sonia and and uh, and uh, Lisa would come up on this side as well and be available for prayer. If you guys are if you guys are praying, if y'all are just believing for breakthrough, believing for God to move in a powerful way, we have prayer available for you. Just come down and ask somebody to join with you in prayer. But like we do every Sunday, I'm going to pray and I'm going to close out. I'm going to ask you to ponder on this word for just a few moments. And I'm going to pray. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to dismiss you. If you need to just remain in the presence of God for some time in prayer and worship, 
I encourage you to do that. If you need to leave, if you have plans, you're dismissed and you're welcome to go, but let me just pray a prayer of blessing over you. Some of us need to submit our will to the Lord. Say, God, would your will be done? Let your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, God. Some of us need to pray for daily provision. If you're lacking in some area, I want you to pray. If there's somebody there here that I'm talking to church family and this is family prayer time and I want to share with somebody and tell you if you're going through a hard time financially, we're a family. I'm having a conversation with my family. If you're going through a hard time financially where you can't pay your bills and you are hungry, come and talk to me. Don't go hungry. I know it's hard sometimes to express our needs. Come and ask for help. We're here to support you. Sometimes God provides through His people. He provides through your pastor. He provides through your church family. And unless you talk, we will not know. But some of you others are probably just praying for something. It's, it's not an immediate need, but you've just been praying. And I'm assuring you, and I'm, I'm promising you, there is no prayer that my God does not hear. Turn your prayer, your cute prayers, into prayers that are conversational. Turn your cute prayers into prayers that are not structured by any means. They are prayers that you're just having a conversation with your Papa in heaven. Jesus, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. If you need prayers, I'm going to ask you to come and pray with some prayer partners. Come to the front. I'll be available for a few minutes before I go and meet some people that are new here. But hey, I want to pray for you. I want to bless you. Father, we thank you for this moment. I thank you for this morning. I thank you for what you've done in this place. Father, I thank you for the healing that's happening in this place. I want to thank you for the breakthrough that's happening in this place. I want to thank you for the Holy Ghost presence that is so powerful and so thick in this place. Would you do a work in this place, God? Would you change some hearts, God? Would you change some minds, God? I pray for transformation. I pray for grace. I pray, God, for multiplied grace. I pray, God, that you will move in people's hearts and people's minds. I pray that you will give them a yearning for prayer, that you will give them a heart for intercession, that you will give them a heart to seek after your face and understand your character. I pray that as a church, we will be a church of prayer. That we will pray for our city, we will pray for our country, we will pray for our nation, God. We thank you for what you've done and what you're going to do. I bless these people. Thank you for what you've done, God. Church, may the Lord bless you, may he keep you, may he cause his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious to you. May he lift his countenance in your direction. May he give you peace that passeth all understanding this week and the weeks to come. God bless you, God bless you. Thank you for listening. We love bringing you the word on so many different platforms. We are so thankful for what God is doing in and through us. We'd love for you to subscribe so you don't miss out. And don't forget to share this message if it has blessed you.